Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, so he goes up to you, Coyote, and he's like, says, you know, I need to speak to your Ductus Impact. Yes, anything you ask, I'll take him to you. I'll take you to him right now. You can have him come out here. Okay, wait here, and I'll look at the other four for a second before I turn and go. I'll just kind of give them one one last glance. You guys, are you're all coming out? Yeah, Mitchell, go out. Time for a present. I'll bring out our prisoner with us. Present for for the for the pack. You see, Cora bringing out this guy who we'll say is just hogtied now and everything. You see, like, when you go get him, Cora, you see that his eyes are wide in fear, and he's all, like, you know, looking around, like, like scared shitless, you know? And he's looking at you as you have him bound up and everything as you're dragging him out with this inhuman strength that you have. You guys come outside of the – and down the steps, and you see that Elenipi, he's standing by the fountain, and you see that these four figures that I described before, but now they're off their horses, and they're actually holding the reins – to these albino odd creatures that they seem to be riding. I mean, they, they, they have the normal size of horses and everything like that, but they're not. They just have those those traits I mentioned before. Yelenipi walks up to you, Mitch, and he's like, so I'm here to ensure that you guys have formulated a plan. We have a rough plan. Okay. I was told to bring the banditos, and he motions back towards the, the four figures that are standing there in case you had questions about the area that you needed answered. I have been ordered by our archbishop that while you raid this this hideout that this creature is hiding at, that I make sure that no one interferes. Mitchell, turn to Jasper. Why don't you give him the skinny on your plan there, son? All right, so I'll I'll just explain the plan. Like We have a diversion. We draw the Camarilla's attention to Juarez while we do a task over there. And by the time they figure out what's going on, we are gone. Business done. You see uh, Ilanipi kind of look at you, and he kind of like – you see a slight smile come in the corner of his mouth because he's not one who usually – you know what I mean? Is prone to showing emotion. And you see him. He yes. looks back at the pack, and you see he gets icon. He's looking, and he kind of inquisitively looks at the pack, and you see the the Caucasian male that the, had the hat on, the kind of blonde – kind of steps forward a little bit, hands his reins to the, the, to, the, to the black guy, and he steps forward, and he's like, shit, I think that could fucking work. 
I think it could do a real good job. Half those motherfuckers are sitting over there on edge, waiting to see if what's going to happen in war is. Always worried that something's going to cause disrupt their little nice town down there of El Paso. So I'm sure because some shit. Yeah, I could see it. I could see whoever's some bitch that's watching that area over there could be leaving his post real quick. Like that was the case. You see, Elenipi like nod his head. He's like, "Okay, so when do you plan to do this?" As soon as possible. I see no, I see no reason to waste time. This is what I like. Well, and he looks at the banditos. I, I, do you have any questions of them before I have them leave? One more thing. I brought you a present, if I may. Just some uh, something to eat for the road. And you see him look, he's like, well, shit, Granny. And you see him come walking up, and he, like, fixes his hat, and he, like, tilts the back off his head, and he wipes his greasy hair off, and he kind of, like, kneels down, and he looks real close to the figure that's on his knees by there, and he's like, shit, boy. <laughs> You're going to be something fucking tasty to us. I can't have <laughs> you boys leaving without an empty, with an empty stomach now, can I? Well, shit. He's damn right. Plus, we might do a little bit more with this guy. And you see him stand up and he, like, you know, adjusts his crotch a little bit. And he's, like, and he's standing uncomfortably close by the guy who, who's on his knees there. And he's, like, I fucking, we don't get to have too much fun when we're all sitting low. If you know what I mean? And he kind of, like, whistles and he, like, motions towards his pack. And you see the taller white guy with the bald head and that, and that odd jacket gets up and he starts walking towards the figure there and you see him he just kind of like picks up the figure like by the by the the the, the how you have his hands tied on his back and just like lifts him up and you're cracking of this guy's shoulder like popping out of place because the weight you know what i mean as he's carrying him like a bundle like this and he walks up and you're, you hear this like sound coming from the, the the gag being in his mouth and he like puts him on the back of the horse and he's like well shit he's like so you guys got no other questions for us then I guess I'll carry on my merry fucking way then. Oh, and he, spit. You spit. I'm do just, you spit in his direction or just like? Nah, just on the ground. Turn around, start walking away a bit. You see him like, look, he's like, ain't you a big son of a bitch? And he like gets back on his horse. He's like, me and you may need to dance one day, big guy. And he's the horse, like, the horses turn around and ride off into the desert. You see, Elenipi's is kind of like looking at the group while they walk off and he looks back at you guys and. He gets back on his horse. He's like, I'll be staying by their haven there. I'll wait to see you guys. Uh, good luck, brothers. I'll wave to Elipi only. I won't wave. I'll yeah, just yeah. give him a... Yeah, because he's going on his own. Those other some bitches rode off on their own, and he's just riding off <laughs> on his own now. You guys are left there on your own. Go ahead. Seems on you guys. What now, Ductus? Yes, for why don't you go take care of the girl? Will do, brother. Will do. And the rest of us do what preparations we need to do here. Cora, are we doing another one of your rituals? I don't think that'd be necessary. I think speed is essential right now. I suggest preparing weapons, though. <laughs> that is ritual enough. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because you guys got two vehicles now with you. I assume that after you do what Jasper's plan is, you guys are going to head towards where the, the, the location that you were given. What do you guys each individually bring in? Let's do this out of character, all right? And then uh, we'll take it from there. So I'll go left to right. Coyote, and you can shoot ideas at me, like brainstorm, you know what I mean? Like, like, Is there any way I can get a big shotgun? 
Yeah, you got a shotgun. You got a double barrel shotgun there. And you have like an ammo belt, like a, a pat, where you can put like little shotgun shells, you know, into. And I'd say you have about 20 yeah. shotgun shells on the belt. Cool. And um, I'd also like a large knife slash machete. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I mean, come on. I've, I've assumed that's what <laughs> you've had one the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll say you have a machete, okay? So. Okay, I'll, I'll sit outside sharpening it and checking my gun, cleaning it with All a right. dirty old oily rag and... Whistling nice. some old some old Mexican folk song. What's your blood pool at right now? It's uh, six. Well, you'll have opportunity and and Juarez before you guys take off. You know what I mean. So it's uh, it is what it is. So all right, Mitchell, what are you doing? Mitch is going to clean his uh, rifle, polish up his bayonet. And how many rounds of the rifle are you bringing with you? And how are you carrying those rounds? Like magazines. Uh, yeah, it's he carries a uh, M1903 Springfield from his uh, service days. Bolt action, oh, single bolt action. Okay. Yep, comes with little clips of five. Okay, gotcha. So we'll say you have enough room to like bring like how many clips you want to bring? Five, ten. You can have a bag like a little old school rucksack that you kept from your days. You know, he'll have day. one clip in the rifle uh-huh. with one round loaded and ready to go. And then he'll have, like, another right. three on his belt. All right. What about you, Jasper? He'll have, like, a knife on him or something just just okay. from all the time. Like a, like a no- pocket knife? Like a little self-defense knife yeah. people had back then? Okay. What about you, uh, Cora? Uh, I think Cora would... Uh, I'm probably a hunting rifle and a revolver. Okay, how many rounds for the revolver and the hunting rifle? Let's say it's like a six-shooter revolver. How many yeah. rounds would you say you bring with? Because they have like the little bullet. You could put like a little belt too where you keep your bullets and you can keep yeah. your gun on the side. We'll say about 30 rounds. Sound good? Okay. And then your rifle, we'll say your hunting rifle, we can say I'll let you bring like 10 rounds of that. Does that sound mm-hmm. good? And then uh, what about you, uh, Richard? Um. I'm not sure. I think all my stuff got destroyed. We'll say there's stuff laying around because, believe it or not, there used to be kind of right. a rich benefactor here. So, like, he probably had stuff laying around, too, you know? So, or, like, yeah, I saw you so, mentioned steaks. I mean, you guys probably yeah. have some steaks to work out, you know? Yeah, probably improvise some steaks, like, I guess, free or something. And I think I want to take either a knife, if there's one, or maybe... Well, I don't know. A bludgeon or a club is probably worthless. So, a baseball bat. I mean, you could have a baseball bat that you bring with you. I mean, it's whatever your character feels comfortable with. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think anything's worthless, man. And by the, you know, it's not like this. This whatever confrontation or whatever's going to happen is going to solely rely on the equipment that you bring. You know what I mean? This is just a small factor on the overall strategy. You know what I mean? So it's not D and D. Don't worry about it. If you want to bring a baseball bat and some stakes. And if that's what you want to bring, that's what you want to bring. You know what I mean? You're getting down like the redneck self, you know, like you guys yeah. used to when you'd go bust up a prohibition shop, you know. But probably I'd take uh, free stakes then and just a pistol. I don't know, a 1911 okay. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do that. We could say you something can have, I can like, put away thing. when I'm in close combat. You know, we'll say you have three magazines. You guys are going to take two vehicles, I assume, or you're going to take one, or because you got the truck and the Rolls Royce there. I think we have to take two. Because yeah, I'm going to carry around the girls somehow. Mitch right. is planning on driving the rolls. Okay. What about, uh, what are you going to go in? Because uh, you only got two people who can drive, right? No, three. You have Jasper, Mitch, and Richard. So who's going to drive the truck? I'll jump in the back of the truck. 
uh, which one of you, Jasper or Richard, are going to drive the pickup truck? I'd say maybe Richard driving the truck would make sense because you and and uh, Coyote have such a close, you know what I mean, relationship yeah. at the moment. What about you, Jasper? What vehicle are you going to ride in? I think I might do the Rolls Royce just because I want to. Because my thinking is that I'm, I'll, I'll probably, I'll, the girl will probably factor into this just because like like Jasper want to keep like a hand on the girl, and so I still want to keep her as far away from Coyote as possible. What about you, Cora? Uh, I think I'll go with Jasper. Jasper, you come up to the room, and as you open the door, you see this girl's asleep there on the bed. And you see what I described earlier, the scene where when Richard went in there and spoke, gave her water. So scenes on you, what are you going to do? I'm going to like lift her up. Just, you know, just sort of carry her out. Will she wake up at all during this? Yeah, you see one eye open just slightly, but especially with your med- your three dots of medicine, you, you, you'd see the same thing that I mentioned to, to Richard where her eyes like kind of dilated so it shows that she's concussed and she's not – and her eye slowly closes again. You know what I mean? Like So it was like she opens and sees you and is like, what the fuck? Or anything to that extent. You know? No, no, I'm gonna, with, pres- with the presence on me, I'm just going to say we're taking, you, we're taking you somewhere safe. And you see she's kind of like – you see she's just snuggles. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not going to make you roll. You know what I mean? Like – she just kind of puts her head on your chest a little bit and kind of goes to sleep, you know? You guys see, as you guys are all, like, loading up, like, in Coyote, you're sitting in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Richard, you have the truck started, and you're just, like, got your elbow propped out, and you're looking at the door. You see the Rolls-Royce to start, and you see Jasper slowly come walking out, you know, in this immaculate, like, suit that he normally wears, holding his little girl. And you all four just kind of centered on him, as you see, and he slowly walks to the car and goes into the back seat. All right, you guys taking off. I take it you're going to be the first car going, Mitch? Yeah, I don't know the way, so I follow him. Mitch drives off. I'll just bang on the, um, the driver's kit. <laughs> you guys feel this sense of euphoria again hitting as you guys felt before when you drove because, like I said, you guys have honestly have lived a very secluded, undead life living in this resort and then having to you know, go to Cedar Creek whenever you want to do whatever you guys feel to do at the moment or to the highway the drive, is there anything you guys want to, any scenes you guys want to have on the drive before you get to Warriors, or do you want to jump there? It's up to you guys. I guess I wanted to, like, see the like, Cora and uh, Mitch, and it's like, okay, so, once we're there, we're gonna have to make sure that we get out pretty quick, too. Just when Emperor's Flare, uh, I'm afraid violence might become indiscriminate at some point. And, I, you know, I'm a man of passions, am I not? <laughs> of course, brother, of course. We understand. I leave the delivery of a girl into your hands, Jasper. Just don't fuck it up. I assure you, I won't. I have faith in you, Jasper. I'm sure you'll do just fine. Thank you, sister. Now, you, Coyote, and Richard can talk if you want because you got that sliding, like, you know what I mean, window in the in the middle where, you know, if you want to slide it open and talk to him while you drive or whatnot, you guys can. If not, you can just keep driving with this death machine on wheels, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, as it burns down the highway. I'm going to do a little uh, swirly line, so... Uh... You guys are, like, feeling like, like this Rolls Royce is just burning the, the the miles on this highway, and, you know, this pickup truck's just kind of going in the other lane, swerving just for fun, but you guys almost feel like 
like like especially you coyote sitting in this back you feel this urge like you want to howl or woot you know what i mean at the moon as you're driving yeah. by because you feel like like finally you guys are making movement towards this task that you're given you know what i mean and it's like you've been unleashed like that primal side of you guys is coming out and this weird way like modern day technology in the road and these automobiles are like are amplifying that feeling even more just like the, the, the thunder of the engine going and just like the the smell of the, the of the blacktop with the windows are open you know and just hearing yeah. it just seems to go along with the beast that's inside of you guys at this moment and especially in the rolls royce car mitch you're sitting there gripping the wheel as as the as the that's the you know the headlights pierce the night and you and you look at Cora and you see Cora just looking out the window and she looks younger and this is totally different than like ten years ago when you guys hated each other and you, and in the back seat you had this this figure with this little girl who's passed out whose eyes are looking all fevered like he's ex- like full of excitement as the as you guys continue on down eventually you start seeing the signs of Juarez and the border as you guys start start coming up and you see, like I described before where you, there's like 10 lanes that seem to go, you cross a bridge over the Rio Grande. And then there's like 10 lanes where you can drive through to see it like a, a quote unquote customs agent sitting there, which I mentioned before are all old men who weren't sent off to world war two. You know what I mean? And you come slowly as the engine starts, like you slow the engine down and you, you roll down the window a little bit, Mitch, you kind of like can smell the oil of the engine and the gas, you know what I mean? The gasoline smell of the exhaust as you roll down, you see this figure, uh, this old man, again, it's the same one that you had before the first time you went into war is with the droopy mustache. And he looks down cause he's looking, you know, he's sitting in a booth and you see him look down at you two, Cora and Mitch. And then he looks in the back and he sees Jasper with this like girl, just, you know, who's asleep. You can't make out, obviously, her features because it's darker, you know, in the backseat of the car. And you just kind of see he nods uh, a little bit to you, Mitch, like in that unspoken agreement of old age. And he lets you, he motions you to go through. Tillman, as you come rushing up in the in the truck behind, you just see him kind of sit back and he's looking at you, Coyote, and Coyote, or Coyote, now you're like face-to-face to him. You know, like the car, yeah. which was lower, you're sitting in the back, you kind of see he looks at you for a second. And he, you can tell he doesn't feel comfortable at all by you. And he's like just looking at you, but you could at first you're thinking, oh, he's just a racist, you know, gringo, like looking at me. And then you realize that he probably doesn't feel comfortable around you. Oh, pessimist cigar. You could tell with your low humanity, he's he's just not feeling it. No? Okay, I'll right. with, withdraw the offer. Withdraw my hand. Suit yourself, gringo. And he's just like he he actually can't even speak, you know what I mean? Like when he sees that for a second, he's just kind of taken aback. So and you guys continue on. You roll in, and, and you know, frankly, actually, the only three people who know is Cora, Jasper, and Mitch, that the club, which is where Trevor Moreno resides, is, like, right on, like, street that goes perpendicular with the uh, lanes of the border. You know what I mean? So it goes, like, it's the first cross street, excuse me. And the Kentucky Club is, like, a couple blocks away. But it's, it's, you can see the sign, the green neon sign, the, the, the world-famous Kentucky Club that I mentioned, you know, and Session 2 is, is, is bright full of life. You see people are walking down there. It's about, uh, like, nine, 9, 10 at night. You see there's a good amount of people who are down the street. All right, Jasper, what's next? Now we have two options. One, I can try to just step out and do it right now, or we could try to, I don't know, sneak her in to, into the thing from behind, and then like I then I work up the crowd and send them in, and will they find her? Or what do you think? 
why don't we sneak her in first and then work the crowd? Are you guys going to pull up uh, next to each other and tell the other two or formulate a plan how you're going to sneak her in? Or Mitchell uh, roll down the window and wave the truck over. Yeah, I'm just going to find a parking spot, I guess. Yeah, you guys park like a block away from it, we'll say. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of pulled in there with the car still running or run or whatever. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Mitchell lean out the window. We're going to bring her inside, and then we're going to get a little storm rolling out here. And when lightning strikes, we're going to leave town. Oh, you're going to sneak her inside. I got a coat. Mm -hmm. Do we need a distraction or something? Yeah, I think Coyote and Mitch are more than suited for the task. Their abilities are quite useful in that regard. And then once once the girl is safely hidden away, I will... I will spread the word among the crowds. So how are you guys going to do this, Mitch and Coyote? Mitch is going to grab one of his old, you know, dusters and throw it over the girl, wrap her up in it, and then just, like, sling it over his shoulder like he's carrying a duffel. Is he going to try to go in the front, or is he going to try to find a back way, or what's he going to do? He'll go in through the front. Sorry, am I going with Mitch? Inside with Mitch? Or do you want me to distract? I think Uh, you're going to be a distraction. How much? Is the girl still asleep? Yeah, she's still asleep. Okay. You, you, are you going to distract Coyote, or are you just going to go in there? I'll go in with I'll go with Mitch and just be his silent muscle. You guys come walking uh, up to the K- Kentucky Club, and as you guys walk up to the entrance, Mitch, you're standing kind of like behind Coyote, and you see the, this guy who's at the front. He kind of looks at Coyote for a second. Like his type usually aren't the type that are here, and he sees you with the bundle uh, over your shoulder, you know. And he's like, and he looks to be Mexican, and he looks at you, Mitch. He says in English, "It's like, uh, what's that? My coat? See, okay, yeah, you're making it look like a coat. I got you. Let's do. Uh, I'm gonna have you roll dexterity and stealth. Do you have stealth? Yeah, I do. Dexterity and stealth difficulty six, and I'll have him roll contested. Well, that's three successes on my part. All right, so he only had two successes. So, Mitch, you're able to walk in. He just kind of, you see him look for a second at the coat, and then he just kind of goes back to paying attention to Coyote. And he's like, and he looks at you, and he's like, what's, and he says in Spanish, what's your business here? Uh, Mitch will turn, and in Spanish, he'll say, he's with me. Oh, okay. See, enjoy. And you see him like motion his hand along as he looks at the other people who are coming in and everything like that. So you guys are in the Kentucky club. I mentioned before in in the session two where you walk in and there's like the huge intricate bar that's all along the right has like those very ornate tiles that are on the bar surface. And the back is like made of wood and like hand carved in real life. It was actually made in France and shipped to Juarez to be here. And it has like this huge mirror in the background. There's a lot of people. And then if you go straight down there, there's like tables in the end tables where you talk to Trevor, but there's so many people. There's literally like a lot, you know what I mean? A lot of people. Cause you guys talk to him like at three in the morning right now, it's like 10, 11 at night. And then the left, mm-hmm. there's more, if you go on the left, there's a little walkway and there's more like open tables where people are sitting and like kind of like a little stage where if there's music playing, people could play music. And then there's like a couple restrooms that like, lead, you know what I mean? Doors in the corner that used to probably lead to outhouses, but now they recently mm-hmm. just got plumbing. Uh, mm-hmm. go, what are you going to do from there? Where's the office from where we're standing? You really don't know where the office is, to be honest with you. I mean, you kind of like, you see that there's some doors in the corner where the restrooms are at. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go into that second area and then you go off into the left corner, it looks like there's a little hallway, you know, and you see one like with the symbol of a man for men's restroom, you know, and that may be where like an office may be back there. You don't know. Okay. 
Mitch will turn yep. to Coyote. Yes, if brother. If need be, do me a favor. Find a corner away from all them doors and start a bar fight. <laughs> I like you. I'll just walk away. I'll go to the bar. As you go there, you see people kind of looking up at you like, what the fuck? Mitch, as you start walking to that corner, you walk in, you see a male and female bathroom, and you see a door that says private that's in front of you there. I'll knock on the door that says private. You knock on the door and you don't hear anything. I'll jiggle the lock a little. Or As you jiggle it, door, you, you hear that's locked. But potent's three. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll push hard. Yeah. You push hard and the door pop and you look and there's like a desk in there. but there's And there's like a little sofa, but there's no one in the desk at the desk right now or on the sofa. Okay. Excellent. I will uh, close the door as best I can behind myself. I'll mm-hmm. unbundle the little girl. I'll lay her down on the sofa. Is there any booze in the uh, office? There's a little bit like in the corner for when he has business to handle here. Okay. I will, uh, in that case, I'll go into the corner. I'll grab the bottle and I'll splash a little on the girl. And then I'll close you the bottle the one, up. Put it. You see the one eye opens while you're doing this. She's kind of like, like I said, you see the dilated pupil, but then it slowly closes again, you know? Yeah, I'll go over to her. And he'll sort of, you know, pet her head a little bit. Relax, darling. You're going to be in better hands now. And he'll quietly slip out of the office and shut the door behind him. And he'll look over to Coyote and he'll nod. I'll approach. Uh, <laughs> is there a couple at the bar or near the bar? Like a couple? Yeah, there's like this American guy. He looks like to be like a buck 30. He has like his hair slicked back. He has a real nice suit. And you see this like this 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 pretty attractive lady, white lady who has like the, like the nice curl. You know what I mean? The curl style hair, the larger curl is wearing like a kind of a nice skirt, you know what I mean? And, and, and a, a white blouse, you know, I'll, um, I'll light up a cigar and go ahead and sidle up to them and I'll just blow smoke in the dude's face. And I'll be like, Hey, why did you get with a real man? And you see this figure's like, <laughs> and he, the, the guy turns around and looks all pissed. And he's like, slowly like looks up and he's like, uh, and you see him like looking, He's like, uh, and he looks at the girl, and you see the girl's looking at him like, what the fuck, you're not going to say anything? And he, like, looks back up, and he's like, uh, she's perfectly happy with me, sir. I'll, I'll say smiles. I'll say, like, take a hike, pendejo. Uh, and he, like, turns around, looks back at her, you know what I mean? And then she's, like, looking pissed off and looks back at him, and he's like, uh, you can't be saying that to my to me and my girl, sir. He's like, kind of, he's like trying to look like stand his ground. First of all, don't call me sir. And second, I just did say it. Oh, uh, and, he, and he looks and he's like, we're just going to go now. And he like grabs her hand and she's like, turns around. She's like, no, you son of a bitch. And she goes, reaches up and smacks you across your face as you're standing there looking down. It feels like a mosquito hitting a windshield, you know, when she does okay. it. I'll just place my large hand over the entirety of her face and just push her to the ground. And you see, like, you, you sit there and you just, like, shove her back and you see, like, the guy's like, hey, man, you can't fucking do that. And he goes and tries to push you. And as he, like, goes to push you, you he kind of just bounces off you for a second and he, like, Got accidentally bumps into, <laughs> yeah, bumps into a guy who is behind him who spills his drink on this other guy. And you see, like, the other guy turn around and like, hey, what the fuck? You spill your drink on me, asshole. And you see him, like, try to throw a punch. And just from there, 
like it seems to avoid you because no one wants to be around you because you're like yeah. eerie as fuck. But like like a fight between like four or five people starts breaking out as the guys is like looking like backing away, looking from you, scared shitless, with his 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 companions hand in his hand, and she looks scared shitless. You know? uh, yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a fight breaking out. Not like a huge bar fight, but it's definitely drawing the attention of people. You know. Okay. Um. I guess I'll start sauntering out. And I'll just say to the woman, I changed my mind. You're not my type. As you walk out, uh, you see Mitchum walking out. You can hear scuffling going on behind him. You guys sitting in the car block away, seeing, heading towards the car. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Mitchell head straight to the car. All right, let's get going. All right. I'll go and jump back up in the truck. I'll head, I'll start heading out towards like the uh, street and just start tight myself up a bit. Anyone else want to say anything? Oh, I was just confused uh, whether we take the car somewhere or whether you just walk into the street right in front of the club. I think maybe like we should, we should like users like you know just have the car running and just like move it elsewhere. Then I'll like do do my thing and then I'll make my way towards you, and then we can just leave. How about that? What's your plan of action, Jasper? Okay, I'll go out in the main streets like people. There is corruption in this city. See, like, Jasper get out of the car, straighten his suit, and he walks, he's, like, straight up in the middle of the street, and he's, like, lifting his hands out like he's the second coming of Jesus, and he says what he just says. And you see at first people are, like, starting to look. You see a couple, like, looking, like, confused as hell, and they're thinking, like, man, it's kind of early to have someone this drunk already. All right, go ahead. Go back to you, uh, Jasper. All right. So I'll, I'll just start without presence at first, and I was just like, I came, I came to the city expecting to find escape from my troubles in all the world. But I found them here, in there. Then I point to the place. To the All right, give me, give me a manipul uh, charisma and expression difficulty six, please. Okay, that's six dice. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna spend a willpower on that. All right. What's the difficulty? Six. Oh, good. I got one success. Um. So you see, as you say that, you're like people. You know. I've came here and you point and, and you see like there's like about five people who st- turn and look at you like inquisitively as you say that. As a, then, as, then I continue speaking. I turn on presence this time. So uh, and there's definitely like, you know, you can get more people with presence. I'm just saying like five people were like, like, like inquisitively like, what the fuck? But there's like tons of people around you. So let's uh, roll presence. So, all right. Charisma and expression, uh, we'll say. Difficulty seven. Uh, the number of successes determines how many people are affected, as noted on the chart below. There are more people present than the characters can influence. All affects those with lower willpower first. Uh, so go ahead. I'll let you roll. For this one, I'm going to do willpower again, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I really want this to be a success. What was the difficulty? Holy shit! Seven. Uh, yeah, I would say that's a success. So one, one, two, two three, three, four, four five. Two, Five. Plus the willpower. Whole. Uh, <laughs> damn. Holy I get shit. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the vampires immediate vicinity, an, uh, an entire auditorium, a mob. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Storyteller hat on. We All right. A mob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wanted a fucking mob. So, uh, you, you see, as you guys at first will see Jasper, and he's like, I came here, you know, it gives the first part. You see, like, a couple people turn and look, and you guys are, like, looking out from the car. You know, you're looking, you're like, is that what the fuck he's going to do? And all of a sudden, you see him stop, 
he adjusts his tie and he spreads his arms. He's like, go, say what you're going to say, uh, Jasper. There is corruption. I have found evidence. There have been people missing from the countryside for weeks and months now. I have found one. I would... In there, there is... They are doing unspeakable evils in there. I, I saw it with my own eyes. I barely escaped with my life. Well, our great, oh. well, our, well, our, well, our young men go fight evil across the world. We will not let it do so right next to us. We will not let corruption find a hold in any city, any town, any village in this world. As you as you see him screaming, all of a sudden you see like, like literally, Mitch and everyone watching, even you, Coyote, you're out there smoking your cigar. You just see like everyone walking down the street from like migrant workers to like rich white people to like street vendors to everyone just like stop and they all turn and face the middle of the road when he says that and you see them like all just kind of forget what they're doing and they slowly start coming towards him while he's talking and you see like fruit vendors leave their wares behind you see like people like heading into a store forget where they're going you see like people that like normally would not be so close to each other are like all traffic that was going up and down the sidewalks faces inward of the street. And soon like he, you see, you have a hard time making out Jasper because he's standing in the middle of like all these people who are clamoring to touch him. And you see that they hear him and then you hear, I, and it came from in there and you see his finger and you see like the crowd parts for his finger and you see him point. And you realize, like, it's like, holy shit. And this is almost like a moment for any of you who've seen the ocean and know, like, have been in the ocean and a big wave comes forward, that sense of anticipation. Like, you guys are sitting there, like, the drop in a roller coaster where your stomach comes out. You guys watching this feel this because you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Even, like, what you guys have witnessed, you feel this, like, swelling in your chest. And you realize that this swarm of people are turning and they just start going towards the Kentucky club. And all of a sudden you just see like they're shut. They're, they're like running in and they're trying to shove their way into the, into the door. You hear like the windows breaking. You hear like screaming start happening. You see people start being trampled. You see his old man who's like trying to make his way forward, who left his like fruit vendor behind. He's just like stampeded over by like this swarm of people trying to make their way ahead of him. And you see like his hand twitching and blood coming out from underneath him as they're stomping over. Jasper, you're sitting there and you're just like the hair on the end of your arms are sticking out. And you're like, oh, and you look and you point and you feel that. And then there comes a moment where you see them crushing in there and they're trying to like, they came in all fit in there and they're just trying to get their way. And you gently put your arm down and you sit there and you look and you feel like a God at this moment as you're standing upon them. And you, and you look and you just see like all four of your pack mates are staring at you from the car. Uh, go ahead. Scenes on you guys. My work here is done. Well <laughs> fucking done, son. Get your ass in the car. We got to move. My show. <laughs> And as you guys are, like, driving, you just look back and you just see, like, flames are now, like, kind of, like, burning inside somehow. You have no idea what the fuck's going on. And you see people clamoring. Literally, it looks like, like, there's, like, a triangle of people trying to fit into it. It's like a, it's like a hose of a, uh, of a, um, the water, uh, what's the, the Coke bottle effect. You ever hear that term before? Where you have a bunch of something trying to go into, like, something small. That's what's going on right now in the Wars Club. And you see here, and you just see, like, yeah, it's insane. You see, 
bottleneck. That's what I'm thinking of. And you see like people opening their doors to other businesses. You see that tailor and you're driving by and you look in the rear view mirror, Mitch, you see that tailor like sticking his head out like, what the fuck? And you just hear like screaming coming from within. That's piercing and wars is on fire. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The mission seemed simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush-out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, we wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned, would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quietus. All right, yeah, I'm going to run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the abomination tells us. Shufflehead Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I, I, I don't think this is how... No.